0: I could literally cry right now. Do you see this? This is a fake mic, by the way. (laughs) It literally does nothing for the sound. Welcome to my new setup. This is. I don't even know where to begin. I have been doing baking of murders all over the place. It's been in the living room, it's been in the bedroom. There was never a spot that just felt like the vibes that I wanted. I want this intimate space where you and I are just face to face. We're just talking about some shit. And then finally, this has come about. We built this backdrop all day yesterday, the day before yesterday. We put a lot of work into it, so please leave your praise in the comments. I'm open to all compliments. (laughs) I do have two very special announcements today. I know you guys have been asking for this for more baking a murders, which I know you guys know them as baking a mysteries. But for some reason, anytime I tell my family members, anytime I tell anyone that I work with that, like, oh, I like this baking a mystery series that I'm doing, they're like, oh, that baking a murder, that's a good one and I'm like what baking a mystery and they're like yeah baking a murder I like it and I'm like okay so I'm gonna make it baking a murder it. <laughs> this is actually gonna be a podcast that I'm gonna link below all of the baking a murders are now gonna be moved to that podcast because Rotten Mango is undergoing a new mini sewed segment so there's two posts a week on Rotten Mango so I didn't want it to get too confusing with just cluttered of like which one's fictional which one's true crime and so we're all moving it to baking a murder where there's gonna be bonus audio episodes that you guys aren't gonna get visuals for here on YouTube So make sure to go follow all of that linked down below. But most importantly, listen, while I was building this set, I was like, wow, this is a workout. What can I do to satiate my workout? What kind of protein can I munch on while I'm building this set so that I can also build my glutes, get some abs going? What can I eat? Y'all already know. I eat this like every day. <laughs> Built Bar. Let me tell you all about Built Bar. If you guys don't know, protein is essential to your workout. If you guys are trying to get a dump truck this year, you need Built Bar. You need protein to grow your butt. So when I learned that I had to eat protein, I was like, okay, fine. Let me go find these cute little shakes. Let me go find these cute little bars. And then I started eating them and I was like, wow. Some of these got like a bajillion calories or some of these barely have any protein or they taste like butt. I'm like trying to make a butt, not eat a butt. Wow. This is just too much and so I found built bar chef's kisses life-changing this is my new favorite one I know that I was raving about cookies and cream but for some reason these days caramel brownie is just hitting the spot in a way that cookies and cream didn't I have been eating this flavor pretty much non-stop it has the texture of a chocolate bar it feels like I'm eating dessert but it's got 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and it makes you feel pretty satiated Let me show you the inside. Oh my god, am I a beauty girl? (laughs) It's straight up like a chocolate bar. Are you ready for this? It's straight up Like a chocolate bar. But don't worry if you're like, caramel brownie is not my thing, which like we can't be friends, but that's fine. They've got 18 other flavors that you can choose from. They've got mint brownie, double chocolate. I'm not telling you to eat these or give these a try because they taste like chocolate. Because they do. But I'm telling you to give these a try because they're guilt-free, gluten-free, high protein, and low calorie. And you guys get 20% off your first purchase. If you guys click my link in the description, your dump truck. Send me pics of that dump truck, okay? Well, maybe don't. You don't. Never mind. Thank you, Bill Farr, for sponsoring today's video. And let's get into the bam. Today's Bacon of Murder is about the movie Promising Young Woman. This is a movie that was released by, I believe, Margot Robbie's production studio. And it was getting all the rage. It was getting all the rage. And everyone was like, you need to do this. You need to do this. And so I watched it. And I can understand this movie is not going to leave you feeling happy. It's not going to make you feel Wolf of Austria. Street. It's just going to leave you feeling... What the fork, dude? What did I just watch? Why did this happen? So it all takes place in a club. So the opening scene, we're inside this busy club, which like plot twist, really side note, okay? Did you know that in those club scenes in movies, there there's no music. So people are literally like dancing like this going, what, I can't hear you, music's too loud. And it's silent and they edit in the music afterwards that is just mind-blowing that makes me so uncomfortable i could never watch a club scene ever again without being like what are they doing (laughs) and so this takes place inside of a club there's three guys in suits in the corner of the club at the bar drinking their drinks as they do and the first line spoken in this movie is Fuck her. Literally the first line. And these three suit dudes, they're talking about, you know, it's not even fair. Like for business trips, we can't even take our clients to the strip club anymore after what happened with Christmas. Like we can only take them golfing and that's just how business is. So she needs to suck it up. So they're talking about a female colleague who's complaining about the fact that they are taking their clients to strip clubs. And then the other client or the other suit dude, so there's three. One of them, I guess he has like the benefit of the doubt of just being a normal human being and he said, "No, I think the problem with her is she's upset that the golf club literally won't let females golf there. Like women can't golf there." And so now we're doing all these client meetings without her when she is part of this team. And the other dudes were like, "Well, she needs to mind her own business and she needs to worry about her own work because it's not our fault that we're doing better than her. It's just it's just business. That's how business is." Are y'all mad yet? (laughs) Why am I mad? (laughs) And so then at this point, they look over to the corner of the bar and all three of them are staring at this girl that is drunk out of her ass. Like she is slouched over on the chair. She's drunk. She can barely hold herself together She's like moving her head back and forth at one point She kind of like spreads her legs open people get a peek of her panties It's a little much and I don't know where her friends went and that's exactly what the dudes are saying to it, like and they're all staring at her saying things like you know She needs to be more careful because now people can take advantage of her. She's putting herself in a dangerous position (laughs) And so they're saying all of these things. One of the guy in the suits is named Jerry. And he's like, I don't know. I think she's kind of hot. And they're like, yeah, but this is disgusting. I mean, at this point, she's just asking to be taken advantage of. I mean, who, where are even her friends? Like, why is she so drunk? Ah, this is so messy. What a sad sight. And they're just all staring at her. And Jerry's like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of a challenge. And one of them was like, yeah, she's just waiting around, laying around for someone to pick her up. And so he says, challenge accepted. And Jerry walks over. To the very drunk woman that we know to be Cassie, the main character Of this entire movie So Cassie's sitting there drunk and Jerry comes over And she's looking on the ground for something at this point And he's like, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Let me help you I'm a nice guy, let me help you And she's like, I think I dropped my phone somewhere And he's like, I can't see it, I don't know where it is He barely looks And so he's like, wow, you're pretty drunk How are you going to get home? And she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like Uber or something. Why are you talking to me? And he was like, How are you gonna Uber without a phone? And it's crazy because the minute that he was talking to his friends, he was all like, She's hot. I'm totally gonna f her. And then when he comes over, he's like, How are you gonna Uber without a phone? And so he's like, Listen, I'm about to head out anyway. I'm not drunk and I can just take you home. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. And he's like, God, it's, it's not even a big deal. It's fine. No problem. So they get into an Uber together. They're sitting in the back. She's wasted. Cassie is so drunk. She's sticking her head out of the window like my dogs do when they're just like living life. Not drunk. Oh my God, are dogs just drunk humans. And so she has the window down. She's sticking her face out. She's like wagging her tongue out. The Uber driver is like, what is wrong with her? And the dude's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're just going to get to her place. She's not going to throw up in your car. And that's he suddenly says what a coinky-dink! what a crazy coincidence but Cassie my house my apartment is only a couple blocks from here should we stop there and have another drink even though you're literally about to pass out and she doesn't answer she doesn't say yes she doesn't say no I highly doubt the question even processed through her brain and he gives the uber driver a new address to get to and then we are in the scene where they are inside of their living room apartment and he's making up this nasty drink. She's sitting on the couch and she feels nauseous. She's like super wasted. And he gives her another drink, another alcoholic beverage. She asks if anyone's home. And he says, no, my roommate, um, I have a roommate, but he's not here today. He's gone for the weekend. And so she's like, that's cool. That's cool. And so they start drinking and he starts scooching closer to her on the couch and he moves her hair away. And he's like, your makeup smudged and he licks his index finger Ew. like an Asian mom and takes some of her little eyeliner off and then he says, You're so beautiful. Which is like, what the f- you just met her and like honestly she looked really drunk and her eyeliner was smeared everywhere you know I would say listen girl here's a makeup wipe before I say he's so beautiful even though I just met you and then he smashes his face onto her face and tries to make out with her now we can tell that Cassie is not making back out with him like her lips are just tight lipped and they're closed and he's trying to weasel his tongue into her throat and it's very disgusting to watch and he stops and he just is like you're so pretty and then tries again as if like that's just gonna be the open abracadabra opening her mouth formula magic spell you're so pretty and she still doesn't respond and so she says oh, I need to lay down. And I think she was getting nauseous. Now, I think when she said I need to lay down, she's probably thinking about a couch. But we see her getting slammed onto his bed and he crawls on top of her and starts making out with her and groping her boobies. And she keeps saying, wait, wait, hold on. Like, wait, wait, like, what are we doing? And he was like, don't worry about it. You're so beautiful. And he was literally just talking to himself. She's like, wait, hold on, hold on. And he's saying, oh my God, your body. And then like grabs her boob. And then he keeps going downwards. And downwards, and he's trying to take off her undies through her skirt, and she's like, Well, wait, hold on, hold on. And he's still continuing, he's still continuing, and then we see a shot where the video camera, like the camera, is placed on the ceiling and she's laying on the bed, right? And he's like trying to like lick her thighs, weirdo, dude. And she opens her eyes, and in a very sober, normal voice, she says, I said, wait, hold on a minute. And she gets up and looks directly at him, and he gets panicked. He he falls away from her bond, and she's like, "I said, what are you doing?" And then we get the next scene, so we don't know what happened. And honestly, my true crime brain was like, "Fucking female serial killer, duh." And so um, we get the next scene where she's walking home barefoot, holding her heels, wearing the same clothes as last night. And I think this is L.A. because there was a bunch of, like, construction going on. It looked very much like L.A. And you get all these construction dudes who are catcalling her, saying, like, crazy night last night. You should get a plan B, ma'am. They didn't call her (laughs) ma'am. They were like and i'm like (laughs) ma'am they were like oh how much for the night what about tonight what are you doing tonight and she's eating a hot dog with blood with ketchup dripping (laughs) all down the hot dog right very symbolic that hot dog yeah and i mean that's overload on ketchup that's disgusting if i saw this out of the context of the movie i'd be like you're a disgusting monster who puts their Much ketchup on a hot dog, and it's just dripping ketchup down her arm onto her leg. And she stops in the middle of the road and she stares at them, doesn't say anything, just stares at these construction workers. And they look at her, they look at themselves, and they go, Just take a joke, lady. What's wrong with you? And then they walk away and she proceeds to walk back home. Then we also see that she takes out a journal when she gets into her room, and in this journal, she's got a list of tally marks. Again, my true crime brain is like, Mother killer so she's got these tally marks and she writes in a new tally and she also writes in the name jerry next to another list of names now these list of names are exactly what you would expect there's a lot of brads a lot of chats a lot of davids a lot of jerry's like it was just like fuck boy list like if you could like a fucking Kevin Nguyen was in there I'm kidding <laughs> but like he totally could have been it was just ultimate boy list of names and so she writes down jerry's name she closes the notebook and she goes into the kitchen to eat dinner now this is where it gets a little bit weird because you're thinking crazy badass Lives in Los Angeles. Ooh, like what kind of place does she live in? Ooh, she's a serial killer. Like what if it's like that grungy type place? It is literally 60s decor and she still lives with her parents. She is 30 years old, still living with her parents. So it's like this weird juxtaposition of like she went to the club, she is almost like a vigilante justice warrior for women, but then at the same time lives with her mom and dad and seems like very girly almost. And so she sits down, eats breakfast with her parents, and they're just talking about life. We find out that she works at a cafe shop that is owned by one of her good friends by the name of Gail. And she they're just like, what are you what are you going to do with your life, you know? You can't work at this coffee shop forever. You know, and you come home late all the time. What are, you, what are you doing at night? You don't, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I had to take inventory. They're like, you guys have that much coffee. You take inventory like every night. Like what, what's going on? And she's like, don't worry about it, guys. Then we see her go in for work for the day. And again, I'm like obsessed with this production because the way that the coffee shot up is set up is just, it's pink everywhere <laughs> and i think they did this to show like the feminine side of women but also how it can go against them it's like this i'm sure that there's a million ways to look into it but me being the basic bitch fucking pink lover that i am i was like i want my mom to look like that <laughs> and so uh, she goes into this coffee shop she's talking to gail they're having a good time and that's when gail brings up hey i kind of offered i put you up as an offer because corporate was seeing if anyone wanted to work in their corporate office and i thought that you'd be a good fit and she says i don't want to do that gail like i don't want that type of life like i don't want a crazy job that my mom can brag about i don't want like all of these things i just i just want to work here with you and gail's like is something going on with you Gen, Z. <laughs> Gen Z's <laughs> They're like, I just like this cafe shop okay? I, like the here. I like the vibes here You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so she's just like I just like working here with you It's gonna be fine And so at this point, Gail is trying to dance around the fact And she says, listen My boyfriend told me that he saw you at a club the other weekend and you were just wasted. Like you were so drunk, you were by yourself. And I know it's none of my business what you do in your free time, but I'm just a little worried about you. And immediately Cassie says, I don't know what you're talking about. I think he saw the wrong person because I've never even been there. And this is again, my true crime being like, ah, uh, she doesn't want to put herself in that situation. She's like, I've never even been there. How could I be the killer? So then we start to see just like this montage of her working, going to bed, going to clubs, writing in her little serial killer diaries. And then eventually she's working one day and she's just like making her little coffees, being a barista. and and a guy walks in and he looks cute his name is Cooper well I'm gonna call him Cooper but I think it's Paul but I'm just gonna call him Cooper it's easier to remember why is that easier to remember and so Cooper walks in and he's like hi uh can I get a black coffee with some milk and he looks at her and he goes wait are you do you do you remember me do you, do you remember me we went to med school together I'm Cooper Paul Cooper you don't remember me And she's like, oh, uh, I think I do. That's cool. Great. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we took neurology class together. That's insane. What are you doing working here? What are you doing? Oh, this is weird. Why are you working here? Wait, no, not like why are you working here? Because not because like it it would be weird if you worked at a coffee shop. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is what? (laughs) And she's like, oh, so what you're saying is why am I working at a coffee shop instead of being a doctor? And he's like, okay, you know what? You know what? what, Okay, I'm going to walk back outside. I'm going to walk outside. Can I just come back in and we can do a do-over? We can just act like this conversation didn't happen. And she's like, do you want milk in your coffee? What? No. I mean, no, it's fine. You can totally spit in my coffee because I totally deserve it. Like, he's frantic. He's embarrassed, which he should be, fucking Cooper. And he's like, listen, I don't I don't need milk. You can spit in my coffee. Do whatever you want to my coffee. I totally deserve it. And so at this point, we see her literally take a spit into his coffee and hand it to him, smirking. In
1: and, front
0: of him? In front of him. And so Cooper grabs the coffee and he's like, you know what? I deserve that but do you want to go on a date with me sometime so this is really strange okay i'm just like what the fork's going on and she's like i just spit in your coffee why would i want to go on a date with you cooper and he was like that doesn't bother me and he takes a big chug of that spit coffee and he says so Can I get your number? Do you want to go on a date with me? So she goes home after that day, and we kind of assume at first that she's going to go on a date with Cooper because she's YouTube tutorialing. She's watching a makeup guru do a video on blowjob lips makeup tutorial, and she's like overlining her lips. She's like making them look all plump and Uh, Blowjob lips makeup tutorial. What is that? I don't know. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Because you're just so shook. By, you're just like, what's a BJ? <laughs> and we see her doing so meticulously the lip makeup, the eye makeup, and then she looks at herself in the mirror and she smiles, and then she smears the lips with the back of her hand, and she's like, perfect. Then she leaves to go to a guy's house, and this time it is not Cooper. We thought it was going to be Cooper, but it was a guy by the name of... Doucheface, face okay so Doucheface face is sitting there he's snorting cocaine while she's just sitting there pretending to be drunk again and Doucheface face is talking about how he watched this movie called the lobster which has been highly requested that I cover that one too and uh, he was just talking about how it's one of the greatest masterpieces and he can't stop thinking about it because he's like such a perfectionist you know but like all of these details these like plot holes they keep getting to him and so he's like trying to write this like novel you know yeah for sure they live in Los Angeles what the fuck and so he's like yeah I'm just like trying to write this like novel now because like it's like one of the masters Pieces, blah, 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 blah. And she's just sitting there like I don't give a sh- but pretending to be super wasted. Now he's like, do you want to try some cocaine? Do you do cocaine? And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. He walks over with the board of cocaine and then tries to shove a rolled up hundred dollar bill up her nose and tries to get her to store the cocaine. Now, obviously we know that she's not drinking when she pretends to be drunk. She's probably not doing drugs either. So she blows outward acting like she just doesn't know how to do it. And so the cocaine kind of just like splatters everywhere. And so we're thinking, okay, very alarming, but maybe he doesn't deserve to die just yet until you see him dip his index finger into the cocaine open her mouth like a dentist and then shove it and then just coat her teeth in it like it's crest teeth whitening and she's just like what the heck and then she was like oh man i'm getting dizzy and she pretends to lay down on the couch while he grabs her a glass of water and when he gets back he's like hey Oh, you're awake. Hey. So he seemed pissed that she had fallen asleep before he got to do whatever he wanted to do with her because she looked easy and she was drunk and she's on drunks now, right? And then he wakes her up, sits next to her, and talks about how beautiful she is before he smashes his face onto hers and then sticks his hands in her pants. And at this point, he also mentions the makeup. He says, you're so pretty, but why are you wearing so much makeup? I mean, I get it, female beauty standards are hard and oppression and all of those things, but you look so good without all that makeup. These actors are really good because I've never wanted to punch actors like I've wanted to punch these ones. And so she's like trying to get away from his making out. He's like shoving his hand down there and then she says, I think I should go, I think I should go. And he's like, no, 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 you just got here and forcibly still trying to make out with her. And then she says in a very clear, sober voice, Neil, I said I think I should go. And he freaks out, he gets up and he goes, what are you, what are you, some kind of psycho? I thought you were drunk, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And she's like, why? Would you like it if I was really drunk? No, I, I think, but you were just, you were just so drunk. You were s- sleeping like two, se- I think you should leave. But you wanted me to stay. No, I think you should leave. I think I'm just too high. Maybe I'm, maybe I, I, I think you're psycho. I think you need to leave. I think I'm too high right now. And she says, why? I thought you really wanted me to stay. Neil, that doesn't make any sense. And he says, listen, listen, I'm a nice guy. I thought we had a connection, but I guess if you weren't feeling it, that's fine. You could have just said that. Like, I'm a nice guy. I just thought we had a connection. A connection. Okay. Where do I work? What's my job? What's my name? How old am I? When did I move to the city? What's my hobby? What's my favorite color? Just like name anything about me. Listen, I'm a nice guy, okay? And so he's freaking out. He's like, listen, if you if you weren't feeling me, you could've just told me. And she says, well, I mean, I guess at least you woke me up before you stuck your finger inside of me, so maybe you are a nice guy. At least you didn't try to have sex with me while I was unconscious, so I mean, maybe I'll give you that, you're such a nice guy. But you know what's crazy? Nice guys really aren't that rare. You think that you're like this rare little creature but you're not. I go to the clubs every single weekend and I pretend to be drunk out of my mind and every single night a nice guy walks over trying to help me home and guess what they're all just like you they're not that nice and she pretty much threatens him to chop off his weebie because, um, so like later we find out that this is probably not true, but she'll tell a lot of these men that a lot of girls do this in LA. Like a lot of girls pretend to be so drunk, you take them home and some of them even carry around scissors and knives and pepper spray with them. So next time you try being a nice guy and taking a girl home while she's super wasted, just remember there's a lot of girls faking to be drunk so that they can hurt you. So she's kind of just instilling fear into them. And so she's just like, you be careful, bitch, let's go. And then says, by the way, your novel's shit, and then leaves. So this is the moment that my true crime brain was like, oh, so she's not a serial killer. Mm -hmm. So she just goes around threatening men, which, I mean, I think it's just as good. I mean, this is not a safe thing to do. Sounds fun, but very miserable. I mean, there was... (sighs) Dangerous, too. So dangerous. So dangerous, yeah. But we can see that she she doesn't really care about her safety at all. Not victim-shaming, not saying like, oh, but like, you know. But like, um, she's on a mission. She's on almost like a suicidal mission. It's not even like a friggin', yeah. It's insane. So at this point, she goes back home. She puts his name in the journal. So this is when we get confirmation, oh, she's not really like killing these chads and brads, which makes sense because like, how would she get away with all of it? But like, okay, whatever. And so all these chads and brads, they're still alive, just probably very scared. So that's when she goes back into the breakfast table her parents are sitting there and there's like this ginormous box with like it's wrapped up it's got a bow on top and they're like happy birthday and she's like what it's your birthday oh shit! it's my birthday thanks mom thanks dad i, I must have slipped my mind and the dad's like it's okay it's okay and the mom's like what, what do you mean it slipped your mind who, who, who forgets their 30th birthday what are you what are you talking about? And she's like it's okay mom like i just forgot like it's fine. No, none none of this is fine, none of this is fine. What is wrong with you? You have no friends, you have no boyfriends, you never date anyone, you work at that stupid coffee shop. Ever since you dropped out of med school with Nina, things have just been, you're not the same. Like what is, you never talk to us, you're so, what is wrong with you? people ask about how you're doing and I don't even know what to say to any of them. You're still, you're 30, living with your parents. What is, none of this is fine. And so Cassie's like, well, thanks for the, you should have put that on the birthday card then, if you felt that way. Thanks, mom. And the dad's like, it's okay, Cassie. Why don't you just open your present? She opens up this big, ginormous, ribbon-dabbed, gift wrapper present, and it's a fucking suitcase. What? so she goes to work and she tells gail all of this and they said that is probably one of the most direct eviction notices that you can possibly get is a fucking suitcase okay you want me to move out? <laughs> savages and so she's like yeah i mean obviously if i wanted to go back to med school i could if i wanted to get married have children and do all of these things that my parents want me to do i could i just don't want to and that's when cooper comes back in and he says um hey uh So that number you gave me, I spent a couple of hours crafting up a super romantic text message to you. And I texted some construction worker named Big Al. And he was actually quite interested in me, but I rejected him because I was still pining for you. Can I get your real number this time? And so Gail is like, oh my God, the drama. And then he's like, you did spit in my coffee. And she's like, oh my God, this is my coffee shop." And so she's like, what? You did what? And so he's like, "Please, can I just, listen, we can just be friends. Like, I really liked you in med school. I thought you were so cool. I never got to know you. We can still just be friends. We can go out to dinner. We can go out and watch movies as friends. And I can be secretly in love with you and secretly trying to get you to date me. But we'll just be friends. And like, let's say we just go to one dinner and you absolutely hate it. Totally fine. That's fine by me. We'll just call it quits then. What do you say? (sighs) Okay. So she goes home and she changes into what we can assume to be maybe kind of like what she used to be before something traumatic happened because all of this makes it feels like something happened in her life and now she is going on these missions to just scare the living daylights out of all men, right? All of these nice guys. And so she puts on this really cute floral dress and she's all dressed up, super girly, and she goes to eat lunch with him. They go watch a movie and they go from cafe to lunch spot to diner and they spend all day together to the point where they Start walking out of these restaurants around nighttime, and as they're walking, which is fascinating because LA is not a walkable city, they're walking, and he's talking about some bullshit. And he says, whoa what a coincidence! This is my apartment building." And he says, D- "Do you want to come in for like a drink or something?" And she looks so disappointed, and he catches on, and he says, "Or or not? Or are we? I can just I, my car's in the parking garage. I can take you home." <sighs> Did I f- this up? Like, I can just drive you home. Like, please don't be mad. Like, it, it was a coincidence. I, mean, I feel like I fucked this up. Did I f- this up? Like, I can just drive you home right now. And she says, it's fine. This is your place. I can just Uber home. And she walks away, and he walks into the apartment building, and we see her walking away and kicking a public trash can, knocking it over. She's pissed. And so at this point, I mean, we think that the relationship is over, but it's not because Cassie shows up at his workplace where he is a pediatrician, which means a doctor for the children. And so she's in the waiting room. He sees her. He's like, Cassie, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm just picking up my HIV medication. And he was like, you've got HIV? Me too, the, wow, that's great. So we don't have to go through this awkward conversation. And so it seems like they both kind of match each other's like sense of humor and it's really cute and it's not that serious and they seem really compatible. And so she tells him, listen, I'm sorry about that night. Like, can we just start over? Like, I just need to take it slow, but um, I am kind of interested in you too. And so he's like, okay, yeah, I can take it slow. That's totally fine. So we see them just go on these like whirlwind dates, and everything seems to be so romantic, which you know, if this is happening in the middle of the movie, that everything is gonna come crumbling apart, okay? And he's talking about this, talking about that. Gail's jumping in too. Gail's like, how many children have you killed? And he's like, I haven't killed children. I mean, sometimes children die during operation. And she's like, so how many? And, you know, Cassie's like, Gail, stop asking him how many children he's killed. And Gail's like, I'll stop asking him when he stops killing children. So she's like that protective best friend vibe. And so they're just like laughing, having a great time. Cassie's like humming at work. Like she's a completely different person now. She believes in men again. She's like, yes, they're not all sh- and one day he's at the cafe shop and he starts talking about all the med school friends. He was like, do you keep in touch with any of them? I, I don't know who you, who are you friends with again? And she was like, oh, I mainly just had like Nina, who is my best friend. And yeah, I wasn't really that active, I guess, socially. And he was like, yeah, well, trust me, you don't want to be around them. But they keep nagging me on Facebook. Oh, do you, do you remember um, Madeline McPhee? Oh my God, Maddie. She just had twins. Crazy. All she does is post about her twins now. And we see that she's kind of, like, getting triggered by this. And she's like, Madeline? Oh. Oh, yeah, and Al Monroe, he's getting fucking married to... Oh, what's that girl's name? She was in our class, too. Al Monroe? I thought he moved to London. Oh, he did, but um, he moved back, and now he's getting married to, like, some girl that we went to med school with. He's getting married to some girl that we went to med school with. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes work with him because he's an anesthesiologist, but... He's okay, whatever, but he's getting married. I think, I, Are you? Are, were you invited? I feel like he's inviting everyone from med school. And she's like, oh Monroe, oh Monroe. And she goes back home and on her laptop, by the way, like on her laptop and all over her desk, we see pictures of her and another woman which we assume to be Nina. So it seems like Nina is her best friend, but we've never seen Nina alive, right? We've never seen her in the movie, only in pictures. And even on her laptop screensaver, it's all Nina and her. And she opens up Facebook and she starts stalking the shit out of everyone. She starts to st- stalks the shit out of Maddie and also Al Monroe. And this is where we get part one of the movie. So there's multiple parts to a revenge plot. So part one, she's at a fancy restaurant. She straightened her hair. She's wearing like a suit. And she pours champagne. The waiter brings out a bottle of champagne, but also ginger ale. She pours champagne in one, ginger ale in the other one. Hides the ginger ale under the table, so she's drinking ginger ale, and the other person's drinking champagne. And then we see her get up, and she's like, "Madeline." And Maddie says, "Oh my God, Cassandra!" And they hug. And she sits down, and she's like, "It's been forever. This is crazy." And they start talking, and she's like, "Oh, I just gave birth to twins." And she's drinking the champagne, and then another champagne, and she's like, "I been day drunk in forever since like become a mom and she's like this is fun i can't believe we haven't caught up in so so long and she's like saying all this bullshit and once she's finally super wasted like we can see that she is getting day drunk okay i'm talking mimosas at brunch drunk and cassandra on the other hand she seems fine so cassie stares at her and says you know (laughs) i'm really happy to see you too but i just i kind of wanted to talk to you about something in particular um there was a reason that i invited you out to see each other after so long and that's about why i left med school do you remember why i left med school i mean it was so long ago i i I vaguely remember it yeah oh do you ever like think about it (laughs) why would i think about why you left med school i mean that's so long ago Yeah, you're right. Why would you you ever think about it? Why would you ever think about that one day a friend comes to you and says that something really, really terrible happened to her last night and you just kind of push her away and say, stop being so dramatic. You're just trying to stir up some drama. You're just obsessed with drama. Yeah, why would you think about that? And so Maddie looks kind of triggered, and she looks at her and goes, Listen, I'm not the only one that didn't believe her. I mean, when you have a reputation of sleeping around, it's really hard to cry wolf. Like, how are we supposed to know? She was drunk, they were drunk, it was all a party. And, you know, she just, she's kind of like that. She sleeps around all the time. So when something actually does happen, it really is crying wolf. Listen, I don't make the rules. Don't get blackout drunk all the time and then say that you didn't want to have sex with someone when you were blackout drunk. And so Cassie, you can see that she's getting almost teary-eyed and she says, what a shame. I just thought after all these years, you might've thought differently. And she is getting her bag, getting ready to go. And Maddie's like, come on, like, don't, just don't be mad. Like, I'll cover the bill. Like, it'll be fine. Like, just don't be mad. Come on. Like, this was supposed to be a good lunch. And she walks away. And as Cassie walks away, she stops at the bar, and we see this man sitting there. And she gives the man an envelope full of cash and keys to a hotel room, because this is like a hotel room restaurant, like a hotel lobby restaurant. And she says, she's over there, room 25. And she walks away. Now, when she goes home, she's writing more stuff in her journal, she's Facebook stalking some more people, and she sees on her phone that Madeline has called her over 13 times. When she listens to a message, she says, Hey, uh, it was so nice seeing you yesterday. If you could just please call me back. I, I don't really remember much. I'm just trying to piece together some things. I know that I was super drunk, but yeah, I'm just trying to piece together what happened yesterday. Can you just call me back? and she seems increasingly more frantic with every phone call. And she mentions, I, I woke up in, like, someone's hotel room. Can you just please call me back? I just, I, I I think something might have happened. And she begs her to call her back. And then we get phase two of the revenge plot. So this phase is really strange. So she's sitting outside in her car in the middle of, like, what seems like a very expensive high school, private school. Like, I know a fucking rich high school when I see one. This seemed bougie AF, okay? And she's sitting there blasting music, windows down, doing her makeup. And she sees a group of girls talking and she points at one and says, "Hey you. Come here, come here. Where is where's the diner? It's called like the Castle Diner or something." And she's like, "Um, class is about to start. I have to go." And so she's like, "No, please. Like, I'm a makeup artist and I'm late for a music video." And suddenly the teenage girl is like, "A music video?" And she's like, "Yeah, this band." And she names the band, and the girl's like, "This band? Oh my god i'm obsessed with them and she's like look at my phone they're literally on my phone like the, i have their phone case wait where are you meeting them the castle diner and she's like Fuck, okay no i signed a bunch of things i'm not allowed to tell them that i'm a makeup artist i can't even tell you that they're shooting at the castle okay never mind like i'm literally gonna lose my job you're gonna go tell all of your stupid little high school friends that i'm gonna fucking lose my job and she's like i'm not gonna tell anyone i'm not gonna tell anyone i i can take you to the castle diner and she's like no no i you're gonna get me fired and she's like then who's gonna take you to the castle diner? Hmm? fine get in and so she gets in and she's like oh my god i'm so excited she's like i even have an instagram fan account for one of the lead singer's dogs do you want to see it and she gives her the phone and she's like cute and she's like okay so where's the castle diner and they start driving and then suddenly she ends up in like a waiting room and so i'm like how did this even happen she's wearing completely different clothes in a waiting room and then they say hey dean walters will see you now so she walks into the dean's room and the dean is sitting there all bougie and and she says, oh, Cassandra, I'm um, looking at the papers, Cassie. Okay, so what makes you want to reapply to med school and finish your education? Well, I mean, I just really love it here. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing place to be. Of course, we, we pride ourselves on how happy our med students are with our curriculum. And you know, I, I left on a very weird note. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. We have a lot of people who leave for a lot of different personal reasons. But you might know why I left. Excuse me? Do you remember Nina Fisher and why Nina Fisher left? What about Al Monroe? Do you remember Al Monroe? Oh, Alexander, yes, I remember him. He actually just gave a talk to our graduating class the other day. What a sweet guy, yeah, yeah, he's doing great now. So, I mean, med school really is the way to go. Oh, okay, so you don't remember the allegations made about Alexander Monroe, about the fact that he got Nina Fisher drunk wasted, dragged her into his dorm room and in front of all of his friends had sex with her repeatedly while she was too drunk to consent or even know what's going on. You don't remember that, Dean Walters? She was covered in bruises the next day and she reported it to you. And you said it was too much of a he said, she said situation. Well, this is really uncomfortable. but. You know, we, we get those accusations once or twice a week, and I'm sorry that I don't remember Nina, but I can assure you that I looked into it thoroughly when those accusations were made. I always do. And none of us want to admit when we make ourselves vulnerable or when we put ourselves in a situation where we make bad choices, and it's, it's hard to admit to those choices and those mistakes, and they can be so damaging and really, really regrettable. But what would you have me do? ruin a young man's life and career over every accusation that we ever get? I mean, I have to give some of these boys the benefit of the doubt because they're innocent until they're proven guilty and I couldn't find enough evidence. It was just all he said, she said. Oh, we have to give the boys benefit of the doubt. So all of the boys who watched him assault her, we gotta give them the doubt too. Which is great because I actually picked up your daughter from school and dropped her off at that same room where a bunch of frat boys are probably hanging out right now. I mean, they've got a bunch of vodka bottles, I saw that. Your daughter was excited. She looks old for her age, very mature, right? I feel like she's much older than she actually is. She acts mature, she looks mature. But you know, boys are nice. They're not gonna do anything. Benefit of the doubt. I'm sure they're taking good care of her. And so the dean starts freaking out and she starts getting her phone and slamming down the numbers and like calling. Oh, are you looking for her phone? Oh, yeah, I took it because she was just so excited to like be with these frat boys. She didn't even notice that I had her phone, but she probably wants this back. So here you go. But yeah, she's there. The same room that Nina Fisher was assaulted. What room is she in? The dean doesn't even remember. The dean's like, what room? And she's like, The same room that Nina told you she was in. What room? Just tell me what room. Just tell me what room. Why? So we give all the boys the benefit of the doubt until it's a girl that you love. And so the dean starts screaming, you're a fucking sociopath. Just tell me where she is. Just tell me where she is. You're a sociopath. And then finally she breaks down and she starts crying and she says, you're right. Is that what you want to hear? Like, you're right. What is wrong with you? Just tell me where my daughter is. Yeah, I guess it's... I guess it's different when it's someone you love. But relax, I don't have as much faith in boys as you do. She's at the castle diner waiting for her favorite band to show up. You should probably go pick her up because pretty, but she's not so smart as she. She's probably still waiting for them. And she leaves. And so she arrives home and it seems like this was a lot more shocking than her situation with Maddie because she's shaken up, she's uncomfortable, and Paul is waiting outside. Cooper, her boyfriend, is waiting outside and he's like, Hey, uh, I thought dinner and a movie tonight. And she says... I'm sorry, I'm just tired. Can we just reschedule? And she just walks away and he's like, is everything okay? And she's like, it's fine. And she goes back home. Then we see her go to a club and act drunk again. And this time, you remember the three suit dudes from the beginning? Well, one of them was there dressed up in like a fucking door and sh- And he picks her up and she's pretending to be drunk. Like he's literally having to help her walk out of the club. And that's when Paul runs into her. Cooper runs into her. And Cooper is like, too drunk, huh? Or "Too too busy, huh? And she's like, no, wait, listen. And suddenly she's sober. She's like, I can explain. And that's when the suit dude is like, wait a minute. You're the fucking psycho that Jerry took home. Yeah, he told me about you. What the fuck is wrong with you? And she says, I'd be careful if I were you because I'm not the only one doing this. And a lot of the girls, they carry scissors. And he was like, you're lying. No, they don't. And she was like, okay, fine. Take the chance. I don't give a fuck. And he literally runs away with his fedora saying, why do you guys ruin everything? To the girl? Yeah, saying that women ruin everything because women don't want to be taken advantage of. Where's Cooper? Cooper went into the club, and so he doesn't chase her back. He doesn't chase him back, so she just leaves. Mm. And then we get phase three. She knocks on some random dude's door, and this guy opens up, and he says, I can't help you. Please go away. And she says, please, I think I need your help. And he says i'm no longer practicing and it's like this crazy older looking dude and we're like is this a professor maybe i don't know and so she's like please can i come in and he's like what and he's she's like mr green it's your day of reckoning which means like it's your day to pay for all of your debts like pay for your mistakes and you would think that when you hear that at your front door you'd be like okay let me call 911 but he just goes I knew this day would come. And he opens the door. So he seems a little weird, eccentric, okay? And so they're sitting down, and she says, do you remember Alexander Monroe, a client of yours? You've probably helped so many boys like him, so many clients like him. You most certainly don't remember Nina, do you? The girl that you bullied and threatened until she dropped her case. I remember Nina Fisher. I remember your friend. Are you going to hurt me? Um, no. Do you want me to? I I, I think so. Like, he's very weird, okay? So we hear that he goes on this rant about how he had an epiphany, but the doctors call it a psychotic break, where he realized he didn't want to do this work anymore. They would get bonuses if they could get girls to settle out of court. They would get bonuses if they could get girls with allegations of sexual assault to drop their charges. So they would go above and beyond to harass, bully, and threaten these young women so that they would be scared to go through with their filing of charges. They're so just lawyers? Yeah! And they would represent these overprivileged dudes who never got any consequences for any of their actions. And he says, I remember Nina, and I remember what happened to her, and I remember everything. And he gave all these details, and he said that he had an epiphany where he feels so disgusting of what he did, and he could never he could never pay it back to her. And it's, it's even worse now. You know, nowadays, with social media, you get one drunk picture of a girl at a random party. You show it to the jury. You would not understand understand how much a jury hates pictures of drunk women at parties. His exact words were you won't believe how hostile it makes a jury to see a picture of a woman drunk at a party. And then all of a sudden he gets up from the couch and he goes to her and he grabs her hand and she starts freaking out because this is the situation I was talking about. This sounds like a serial killer. And he tells her, you have to help me. You have to help me help people. I haven't slept on days. You have to help me. And he's like, I can never forgive myself for any of this. You have to help me. And so she looks at him and she says, I forgive you. And he's just like bawling on her lap. And she shook and she cries a little. She walks out to her car where we see an old hitman looking ass bald dude waiting at her car. And he goes, can I go in now? And she says, no, it's fine. And he says, am I still getting paid? Yeah, I'll, I'll mail you your check. All right. And she gets into the car and she drives away. So it seems like she wants people to admit that they fucked up. Oh. You know, it's not like she's like this crazy, unrelenting, f***ing, cancel them. Like, she's like, no, okay, like, you recognize it. It's torturing you too. Fine. So she's like, it's fine. Then she drives over to Nina's house. And Nina's mom sits on the porch steps with her and they're drinking, um, like, orange juice. And she says, why are you here, Cassie? I just wanted to talk to you. I know, Cassie, but you have to move on. It's not good for me. It's not good for you. And this isn't what Nina would have wanted. You've got to move on, Cassie. Go date. Go hang out with friends. Go. I know you loved her. I know you've been friends since you were little, but you need to move on, Cassie. It's the only way. And she gets up and just goes back inside. So at this point, I think this was the only person who really could have talked to Cassie out of what she was doing. Cause I mean, she goes home, she throws away her journal, she goes back to Cooper and she calls him and is like, "Listen, I can't even explain what that was, but I promise it will never happen again." And he's like, "Fine, I guess we can try it." Blah blah blah. And so they start dating again. They go to movies, they make out. He even comes over to meet the family. So he meets Cassie's family. She's like living at the apartment part time with him, and he even tells her like, "I love you. I think I'm falling in love with you." And It seems like everything is headed in the right direction. Everything feels like, okay, she's finally moving on. She just needed Nina's mom to tell her this isn't what Nina wanted you to do. So we all assume that Nina was assaulted by Al Monroe and then probably committed suicide because she couldn't. She couldn't handle the trauma. She shouldn't have to, but she couldn't handle the trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what it's kept being insinuated. Now, everything's going well until Maddie shows up at her house looking like she hasn't slept in days. And Maddie's like, listen, I hate I hate coming to your house, but I just, I need to talk to you. Um, when we were at the restaurant, was there like some, a guy with like this brown hair? He's, he's about our age. Do, do you remember seeing him? He, I think he said that he was a friend of yours or something. Why was I in that hotel room? Did something happen? And she says, oh, no, he was a friend of mine. He took you up to the hotel room to make sure no one took advantage of you. He literally just stayed there to make sure that you were okay and that you were safe. So it seemed like Cassie had hired one of her friends to just make sure no creepy nice guy came up to Maddie and took advantage of her. But also on the same coin, it made Maddie freak out because Maddie had no idea what happened to her. So it was kind of like, it seems like Cassie would never want what happened to Nina to happen to other people, even in the name of revenge. And so she was like, it's okay. Like, you're fine. Nothing happened. I can assure you. And so she's like, oh, thank God. Can I come inside? And so Maddie goes inside and she says, the past couple of days, I've been thinking about what you said about Nina. And... Um, I don't really remember a lot because there was just so much happening when we were in med school. It was just every day. It was like another drama, another gossip, another crazy event and just so many parties. And we were just always drunk. But I remember a video and I I have all my phones. So I, this is my old phone and it has the video on there. I can't believe we all laughed at this video. I can't believe we all thought it was a joke. You can have the phone, but I really wouldn't watch the video if I were you. Do yourself a favor. Don't watch the video. While, you, do it? while you give it to her, yeah. yeah. But she said, you need to do what you need to do with it. Like, if you need to go to the cops with it, if you need to press charges with it. Because okay. this is proof of the allegations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so she says, I do whatever you want to do with it. Do whatever you need to do with it. Just don't tell anyone you got it from me. And also, Cassie, don't ever fucking contact me again. And she leaves so Cassie is crying and she's like on her knees looking at this phone and she's shaking and she starts playing it and she's just bawling her eyes out she's shocked I mean she's traumatized it's a bunch of frat dudes yelling yeah you get it Al and what we can assume Al is assaulting Nina who is incredibly drunk and then we hear a very familiar laugh and he is laughing and he says oh my god this is insane And then he laughs, and then he says, this is so f***ed up! And then he laughs some more, and he says, Jesus Christ! And then he laughs some more. And that's Cooper's voice. He's the one recording? No. A guy Uh. named Joe, which is Al's best friend, still best friend to this day, is going to be his best man in the wedding. And so she is traumatized beyond anything right so she takes that phone and she meets cooper at work and he's like hey love what are you doing here and so she says where the fuck is al's bachelor party this weekend and he's like what and she's like i just want i want you to see something and she starts playing the video and he says i I don't Now listen i don't remember any of that i was just a kid and so she tells him Think about it carefully. Where is Al? I keep wanting to say Al Capone. Where the fuck is Al's birthday party? Where is Alex's birthday Or bachelor party, okay? And she says, listen, think. I have the video. And I'm going to send it to all of your colleagues, all of your friends, your family, anyone, if you don't tell me where his bachelor party is. Okay, well, it's a cabin in the woods. All of the guys are going to be there. There's not going to be any females allowed, but... This is the address and he writes it down and he says, Cassie, I just want you to know that I still love you. And she's like, really, really, dude. And he's like, listen, you've never made a mistake. Like you've never been ashamed of something. And she's like, not like this. And he's like, "Oh, well, what am I? I can't live with something like this hanging over my head. Like, are you going to try to get me fired? Are you going to try to ruin my life? So both of us won't be doctors? You're a fucking failure, is that why? Are you so mad about that? And she's like, really smart, dude, and she leaves. And so she shows up in what I can only imagine is a very harlequin outfit. Like she's got this crazy rainbow hair. She's wearing this nurse outfit. She turns her phone off. She drives to the middle of the woods to the cabin. She's got her little nurse's kit and she knocks on the door of the bachelor party. They're all drinking, they're all playing music and they're like, Hey, the stripper is here. And so she's like, hello boys. And she starts pouring them all of these drinks, just shots into their mouth. Owl's sitting on a chair. She's like dancing on him. And then she sits down on his lap and she whispers, Please, can you just come upstairs with me? We don't even have to do anything, but I don't get paid from them until I take you upstairs. And so he's like, okay, that's fine. And so they go upstairs together. She handcuffs him to the bed with these cute little fluffy pink handcuffs. Very, you know, very stripper-esque. Not like, um, nothing alarming is what I was trying to say. Like, it wasn't like full-on police handcuffs. So they're like fluffy and pink and shit. Like bedroom play. And she's putting them all up. And he's like, so uh, what's your name? (laughs) And she's like, Candy. No, like, what's your real name? Nina Fisher. Oh, hell no. Is this some kind of f***ing joke? Did Joe put you up to this? Joe! Oh, (laughs) the music's so loud and they're probably not even awake by now. You know, the only thing, she's sitting on a chair now, she's like, the only thing I've learned from med school is how easy it is for frat boys to drug your drinks. You guys should have known better. They're probably passed out right now. They can't hear you. He's like, what the, what kind of sick joke is this? What's your name? Who are you? Do I know you? I'm Nina Fisher. You can't be Nina Fisher. Nina Fisher's dead. I'm just another Nina Fisher then. Oh my god. Wait. Oh my god, I know you. You're Nina Fisher's friend. You're that girl that always hung around Nina Fisher. You're right. You probably don't remember me because I wasn't fuckable back then. But I'm Cassie. Yeah, I was Nina's friend, and I know exactly what happened to Nina. Do you remember what happened to Nina? Nina dropped out after everything that you did to her, and then I dropped out to help her, to take care of her, and she was a fucking mess. You know what's crazy about Nina? I've known her since she was like six, and she was always someone who knew herself. She was confident. She was the smartest. She was top of the class when she dropped out at med school, and I dropped out with her. And guess who graduated and became a doctor? you. And so he's like, well, I mean, we were just kids. We were at a party. We were all drunk. Like nothing weird happened. Like we just did it. That's it. We were kids. It was a party. We were kids. But also like she, she was into it. You know, that's not what the video shows. The video? Are you blackmailing me? Okay. What is it? What do you want? Do you want money? Like, just tell me what you want. I I can do it. No, I want to, I want to talk about Nina real quick. Do you ever feel guilty? I mean, it's every guy's nightmare to be accused of, you know, something like that. Really Al, what do you think every girl's nightmare is? I was so sad to leave, you know? I really wanted to be a doctor my whole life and I've been thinking maybe I could get back into it. And she grabs out her little nurse's kit and she puts on some gloves. She's got a little scalpel. And I was like, yes, castrate him. Sorry, and she's got a little scalpel. And she says, you know, after Nina dropped out and I dropped out with her, it was like she wasn't even Nina anymore. Anytime you called Nina's name, she wouldn't respond. All she could hear was your name. All she saw was your name. And it was just you everywhere that she looked. And I thought, you know, when's the last time anyone said Nina Fisher's name? When she had your name just written all over her. So I thought it would be you. I thought it should be you who has Nina's name written all over you. And she's got the little scalpel. So I was like, yes, and brand the bitch. And she jumps on top of him and is about to scalpel Nina's name onto him when he breaks free of one of the handcuffs, grabs a pillow, and smothers her. And she struggles, and he cries and says, just let go, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. And he kills her. And then he cries and falls asleep until the next morning. He f***ing fell asleep, bitch. And then the next morning, Joe, who, by the way, is Schmidt from New Girl, crazy. Okay, he walks in, and he's all like, the stripper? You did the stripper? Because she's got a pillow on her face, and he's like, that's f-ing crazy. It's okay, don't worry. And he's crying. I was crying. And he's like, don't worry, I'm not going to tell your wife. What stays at the bachelor party? stays at the bachelor party. What the f-ing stripper? And so he's like, she's dead. I get it. She died by that day. No. She's dead, Joe. She's dead, Joe. I get it. I get it. You killed her. Anyway, we gotta go. Get up, girl. Let's go. Time for you to go, girl. Why is there a dead stripper on your bed? I told you. She's dead. That's okay. That's okay. Let's think about this. Let's think about this. He's freaking out. Al's freaking out. And Joe's like, it's gonna be okay, Al. I'll... You're not going to go to jail. Hal's like, I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to lose my job. I can't get married. I'm going to go to jail. He's like, you're not going to go to jail because she's a stripper. She came. She did her job. She left. We never saw her again. That's it. I'm going to go to jail. What do I do? We're going to get rid of her body before the rest of the guys wake up. Okay? You and me, Al. before the wedding. We got this. Don't you worry. I'm going to go to jail. You're not going to go to jail. So then we see them go out into the middle of the woods and they start a fire and they burn a bunch of her stuff. They burn her car keys, all of her clothes, her wig, and they bury her in a shallow grave. At this point, we see both of her parents talking to the police, filing a missing persons report. And the mom is frantic and she doesn't want the dad to say this, but the dad says, well, yeah, she she did have some mental issues, but she was working on them. She was getting better. And the mom's like, shut the- up right but the police are like okay so you think she's done this before i mean yeah like she has kind of you know like left and she'll come back she'll come back don't you worry honey she'll come back um first of all if that was my dad uh no you're not you're not my dad anymore and so the police are like okay well was she seeing anyone because that's always important and they say yeah a doctor a pediatrician his name's cooper so they go to cooper's workplace and the detective is like hey um we're just here to talk about cassie she's been missing and he's like oh missing Do you know where she said she was going to go this weekend? No, uh, I think she might have said a work trip or something like that with her boss. Yeah, we checked on her boss and they said that there was no work trip. (sighs) Beats me. Um, Yeah, we broke up last Thursday and that's the last time I saw her. Okay, well she's been missing since Friday and you really have no idea where she is? No, not at all. Not, nope. Okay, well um was she going through it her dad mentioned some m- mental issues like str- mental health struggles yeah she she was uh going through a lot so do you think that maybe she was possibly suicidal yeah i could see it i could totally yeah i could see that yeah it was a lot i mean yeah she was going through it yeah well we think it's probably she ran away but thanks for your time good doctor and maybe we'll talk soon and he leaves and at this point, life presumes as normal. They go to the wedding. Cooper goes to Al's wedding. They're all having fun. They're all drinking. And we see the lawyer open up a piece of mail with the letter that says, Dear Jordan, on July 23rd, I will be going to Alexander Monroe's bachelor party. Cabin 57, Vernington Woods. In the event of my disappearance, please deliver this letter and package to the police. With the phone, with the video. So the reason that Cassie did this later on, it's because she didn't trust, the title of the movie is Promising Young Woman. So it's the fact that people won't look for you unless you're a promising young woman, typically from a Caucasian family, middle to upper class, with a good career, with a good education, no evidence of any drugs, no evidence of any mental health struggles. That's when it becomes a show to look for you. Otherwise they say, ah she was slightly anxious and slightly depressed just like every single person on this planet she probably ran away so she didn't even trust her own family to badger the police she didn't trust cooper to tell the truth about where she was so she had to take it into her own hands she was right she was right so he goes to the police with the phone and the video and cassie sends a text message to cooper now she's dead so this was a scheduled message and it says you you didn't think that this would actually end, did you? and that's when everyone in the wedding is kind of looking around because they hear police sirens everywhere we see that a bunch of squads showed up they've got their dogs everywhere scouring the woods to look for Cassie's body and they find her because she wore a necklace that said Nina on it and Nina had the other side of the necklace that said Cassie on it and so we saw her Nina necklace like out of the dirt showing through the dirt so there was dogs looking for her and they arrest al monroe for the murder of cassie he gets arrested at the wedding (sighs) and that was the end How do you feel? Is it triggering? It's really triggering. Because, you know, I think a lot of people really love this movie for the fact that a lot of the times when you think um, assaults and stuff, you think of like true crime, what we talk about, which is a stranger kidnaps you, assaults you, then murders you, buries you. But a lot of the times it's like you're a little drunk, not your fault at all. Everyone's f***ing drunk. Why can guys be drunk in public and girls can't be? And then a guy that you probably know takes advantage of you and then nobody believes you because you were drunk and it's he said, she said. And then all of these guys, none of them are straight up, I'm a fucking zero killer. Let me kill you. They're all like, I'm a nice guy. I thought we were connecting. Well, she was drunk. She was kind of into it too. Mm-hmm. So it's all like, what the fork? So they don't make the villain the worst villain possible. But it's real. But it's like real, so they're like disgusting villains, you know. But they don't turn it into like a creepy sixty-year-old dude living in like a shack. That's like, how can I kidnap eight-year-olds? You know, they make it very real, like a bunch of doctors who went to med school, had some wild days in med school. Now they're super f- privileged because they're a doctor. Yeah, this one was really intense. Let me know in the comments Wait, what you guys. This one was weird because it's not like most movies that we do A lot of the movies that we do, there's like plot twists There's a lot of just mystery with everything There wasn't any mystery Like in the beginning, yeah, you're like, oh, is she a serial killer? But then after that fades, you know exactly what she's doing You know exactly what's happening Even when she dies, it's not like this crazy eventful thing Like he literally smothers her in two seconds with a pillow So all of it is done in a way that just really highlights How scary some of these dudes are out there you know, and then there's gonna be that one dude that's like, you know, men get assaulted too. But like, that's another topic for another day. But like, just in this topic, it makes you realize how a lot of dudes can be so scary. Mm-hmm. But they're also just respectable people in society. But I liked that they also tackled everyone involved, like the friends who didn't believe her, the dean who didn't believe her, the lawyer for Al Monroe. Like it's like so many people let this happen in the chain. It wasn't even just the rapist. It's like his friends, her friends, everyone, the teachers at school, the deans at school, the police officers, like everyone is involved it wasn't just this one evil d- like you don't even meet him until the last like five minutes of the movie mm-hmm. so i don't know let me know in the comments what are your thoughts on this one this one was highly requested let me know if you want more movies like this this one was a little weird because i'm like there's no plot twist there's no serial killer there's no murder. well there is a murder. but you get it i hope you guys enjoyed it and i'll see you tomorrow make sure to check out Bill by linked in the description <laughs> i'll see you tomorrow bye